Hopefully you're having a lovely day. Start to your weekend in a few hours, I hope. This is Seeking Sustainability Live number 52. And today we're talking with travel expert Sebastian Duval, who is working with Japan Travel and has a lot of experience and certifications and training in travel in many different parts of Japan. So I hope we'll have a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining, Sebastian. Good morning, everybody. Thanks, Joy. Do you want to briefly introduce yourself? Yep. Um, my name is Sebastian Duval. I'm French. Uh, I live in Tokyo. Like many people can see, you, everybody can see behind, right? Uh, I'm working from home these days and I just came back from a trip so I can see uh, people are still alive everywhere in Japan and in a, in a good mood. Um, I've been trying to push for sustainable tourism mostly through uh, promoting vegan diets and electric car trips, um, cycling, these kind of things. And I'm working as community manager for a company called Japan Travels that promotes um, trips in Japan, especially we try to promote the countryside. I am so impressed with your resume. How many higher degrees do you have? Two masters and a PhD, is that right? <laughs> I have three master's degrees. Oh yeah, my so goodness! Like... <laughs> what it's... what is your master's in? Um, the first one is in uh, software engineer um, software engineering, so IT really, and the the following one is in virtual reality, and the third one is in project management. It's mostly because I really didn't know what to do with my life, right? So I was trying to push um, until I I would get my my first job. So which um, which one has been the most useful? in terms well, of getting and work. And I did get a PhD after, right? Okay. Uh, in Japan, in Japan. So uh, the PhD it was the most important for the beginning of the career, but now, of course, I'm doing um, travel stuff, so it's, it's completely unrelated. Wow. It's just lots of knowledge um, I have, um, like many people could study in, in books or just by talking to people. So it's just yeah. one way to get knowledge. Interesting, you did IT, VR, yep. Yep. and then your PhD was in? Uh, smart clothing. So everything was really related to kind of uh, high-tech um, computer science. Wow. So smart clothing would be just clothes with some sensors that would tell you, uh, for example, if you're a firefighter, if, if the body temperature is, is getting too high, wow. if there's something in the air, uh, could be used for athletes to follow exactly the movements if you have some kind of suit. Um, could be used for normal people also for um, to know if an old person is falling in the stairs, for example, to auto automatically call um, emergency services, for example. Wow. Is that in use now anywhere around the world? Um, people use the Apple in. Watch, right? Is that kind of yeah. similar, right? Wearable technology. Yeah, um, it's, it's all the same. All the same domain, like smart, comp um, ubiquitous computing, so like smart cities. All this stuff is going, uh, moving together. It's more like finding what things are most adapted to which country and lifestyle. For example, in in America with big homes, and in Japan with small homes, completely different. Um, it depends on how society is ready to accept things. For example, I could see when I was doing my studies that people in Japan would be very happy with. Um, grandpa having this kind of suit to know if they fell in fall in the in the stairs, but they would not want to have any GPS on the kids because they would be afraid there would be maybe um, uh, some stuff with stalkers and things like this. So wow. things that can depend a lot on on society. And, That's really uh, interesting. Yeah. Plus, you also got certified as a tour guide, right? 
I got three certifications. The first one is as a tour conductor. Uh, the second one is as a tour guide for Tokyo City. And the third one is a tour guide for all Japan. So for people who don't know too much about tourism, tour conductor in Japan is mostly making sure a group uh, would go from point A to point B, C, taking care of the receipts, uh, handling all the things at the hotels and restaurants. And tour guide is really uh, giving the explanations and and answering specific questions. So it's uh, very often in Japan, you would have two people, in fact, in a, in a tour, uh, in a bus, um, the conductor and, and the guide. And you said you also did some work um, checking for barrier-free as well as plant-based or halal. You're really trying to consult or find information how accessible to a diverse group of travelers Japan is. What, what do you think? Is it getting better? for different kinds of needs for travelers in Japan? Um, I think we have like really many different needs. The first one is the language and, and things are getting better definitely in, in big cities, but still you might have trouble finding people who speak English in Asakusa, so it's kind of um, a bit frustrating. Um, in the countryside, I think it's still very difficult. People are very nice and, and talk to you. This hospitality is good, but communication is not, uh, not there yet, although everybody's studied English at school. And beyond that, of course, if you're French, if you're German, if you're Spanish, and you're not particularly good in English, let's say it's an issue. So the language is one. I think uh, many people have trouble finding information in their own language, of course, but even in English. So uh, if we talk, for example, about uh, vegans who want to, to have information about where to find food, um, they will have some success with maybe the new shops opening in Tokyo. The, um, very classy ones, but if they go to, to Kansai, so the area with Nara, Osaka, Kyoto, where Buddhism started, so there are lots of shops and, and temples that provide a vegan food called Shojin Ryori, uh, that information will probably be mostly in, in Japanese. Um, so that's, 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 that's also uh, impactful. I think if you travel with kids, things are okay. But if you have a stroller, probably the space you have, for example, in subway path uh, in, the, in the elevators will be a bit too narrow because the Japanese kids are a bit small compared to, let's say, French or American kids. And often uh, you look at the... I remember kind of, that years you know, ago. You know, when I, when I had my kids were small and I used a stroller, Tokyo was one of the hardest places to travel around. I had I to carry uh, the stroller yeah. up the stairs. But I think in recent years, there's more elevators, there's a little bit more of a barrier-free network, but certain stations, yeah. the older stations maybe are more difficult, right? Well, the thing is, it's it's just retrofitting, so you need to find a space to put a, an elevator, and uh, stations in Tokyo can be really uh, spreading over underground, right? So you might have an elevator on one side, but if you want to go to the other side, or if you start to move in one direction, you just don't have an elevator. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's more difficult in uh, in Tokyo. Tokyo has been changing a lot outdoors because when you destroy a building now, you have to make sure there is enough space in front of it for the firefighters to park uh, instead of having a very narrow path. So that's easier to move around uh, outside. But uh, underground, that's not really something that's, that can be done uh, easily, right? Yeah. Um, still, and so yeah, for, for vegans and stuff like this, uh, vegans, I think the main thing is finding information is one. 
And for the shops, very often they have irregular closing days, so it's it's difficult. When you go a bit outside, let's say Kamakura instead of Tokyo, uh, having a guide can be good too, uh, especially if um, you don't want to, to plan to go at a specific time, at a specific place. You can just ask the guy if there is something around here. One problem is probably with the bakeries because you never know what's inside the bread. I mean, things are are written in, uh, in Japanese. So if you read Japanese, it's okay. If you're with a guide or a friend who lives here, it's fine. But otherwise, um, let's say you travel with kids, you just say, okay, the kid is hungry, so let's buy something, and you, you buy some bread. And, and when you open it, there is azuki in it, and the kids start to cry, and, and it just fucks <laughs> up your, your whole day, right? So that's, uh, Recent, that's a difficult Recently, when, too. when I've done some um, guide training in the station, Hiroshima Station, we went to some bakeries just to talk about how, like when I changed to vegan from vegetarian, I couldn't eat any of the breads in any typical bakery in Japan anymore because everything was made with milk, everything was made with butter. Yep. And so for me, going from vegetarian to vegan was really hard in Japan because there are lots of bakeries every, everywhere, but there was so little available. But when I asked at the bakery, um, they actually have a lot of the allergy information now. So if if you ask about allergies, usually they can tell you exactly mm. which breads have exactly which ingredients. And so I, I find for packaging or the list of allergy ingredients, it seems to be getting better in Japan. It's a little bit more transparent. Yeah, I think there is one issue with that. Uh, you have been here for a long time, so you know many of the products are seasonal. So it's not like you create one menu with the right. information and uh, yeah. and it costs a certain amount of money and work. It's like you have new products all the time, so it's difficult for the shops to uh, to keep up with what is really on sale. So um, you might have uh, maybe some information for typical things, but not for all the seasonal things. Um, That's true. Um, let's switch a little bit to your challenge to be clean living. <laughs> I love this, that you're trying to meditate every day. You're trying to eat healthy. Is it, how's, it, how's it going during the stay-at-home reality? Um, meditation, it's even easier now because I, I know I don't have to worry about taking my train on time so I can just uh, take my time and, and meditate. I meditate in the morning only. I think probably I should try in the evening too, but um, not yet. I just went to a, on a business trip for, for five days and I could not meditate even once because I was just running all the time. We arrived with a ferry at 5.40. We started to work immediately. Following day, going to a shrine to to photograph a beautiful 650-year-old tree at, at 6.30 in the morning, finishing at 10.30 evening. So uh, it's been a bit... It's difficult on, on business trips. Um, yeah. At home... Other things, um, drinking more water, which was not the case before. I was drinking lots of uh, lots of tea and, and, and much more coffee. I think when I go to work with my colleagues, I have coffee just to spend time with my colleagues, at least some of them. But now it's just coffee just in the morning instead of several times. Um, food, my breakfast are all vegan. So I moved from cow milk to soy milk, um, cereals, fruits. All my snacks also now are very easy to get in, uh, in specific shops or to order online, for example, with Alishan. Um, in fact, if, if, if I move, I have my uh, subscription box, monthly subscription box, uh, Vigil. I'm not sure what, how to pronounce the thing. I've started 
during COVID, so that was the opportunity to start all the delivery thing. Um, but uh, for lunch and dinner, I'm I'm flex basically, so I try to eat less meat uh, and fish. But yeah, I still have lots of cheese. I've tried some good vegan cheese recently, but so Ew. expensive. Mm. So I would probably need the uh, prices to go down to make uh, to make yeah. that more like uh, cheese. Convenient. Cheese, I I've just cut out cheese altogether. It's too hard to get vegan cheese. Um, Katie O'Brien, when we talked to her from Echo Dico of Instagram. She uh, has been making feta-style cheese yeah. from tofu. So she has a recipe she's doing with smashing tofu, dehydrating tofu, adding some flavor or something. So I think cheese is very difficult to find without dairy, right? Yeah. So yeah. maybe from home, the easy thing would be to use a bread-making machine for the bread. I'm and doing that. My girlfriend yeah. is doing hummus um, yeah. very often. Oh, hummus is lovely. That's so easy to do with a food yeah. processor, but you need a food processor. And that makes like a full meal, especially in summer when you're not very hungry. It's just so hot. Like, yeah. Yeah. For us, reducing plastic, um, my one of my targets was to make my own bread every day because you end up buying so much plastic in the bread loaf because mm. they sell bread in yeah. such small bags. So making vegan bread every day at home has been healthy, but also reducing the plastic waste. Yeah, I followed a bit on Twitter. You share quite a few photos. <laughs> it's really nice. I so, think everybody you see, you does. wake up very early sometimes. <laughs> to pick up bread so them. early, yeah. I think everybody's baking bread during coronavirus stay at home, right? This is a big push. Everybody's trying to make bread. <laughs> yeah, and I could spend a bit more time on the balcony too. So now we have mint, we have basil. Um, I don't have a garden, so probably there will be no tomatoes. But uh, oh, it's, it's just, tomatoes, uh, yeah. it, it feels like, it's different, different lifestyle, just these small things. Um, but of course, like for travelers, that's, that's, that's some things they can do, right? Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's look at some of your trips that you've mm -hmm. done. And then we can talk about, um, is it going to be possible after our new reality, after yep. coronavirus, um, to do these kinds of trips? So you, first you were talking about going into the rural areas. Uh, between Tokyo and Osaka? Okay. Uh, well, I've done so many trips all over Japan over the 15 years. I think uh, when I was doing my PhD, there were very few classes and I had a very good scholarship from the French government. So that's when I, I started to travel. So I flew a bit, um, which was not very sustainable friendly, right? Uh, to go to the Sapporo Yukimatsuri, the winter festival was one of my first big trips. And now I'm really sad because uh, there is less snow and it's it's um, it's warmer, so all the statues are difficult to create and and they melt. So we do see an, an impact of climate change already on on just tourism in that sense. Um, going all around Japan is mostly by train, so it's pretty good. The system is extremely good in Japan. Um, it's a bit complicated with uh, different companies. It's not necessarily cheap, but works really well. And I had the chance to uh, to drive a few electric cars too. Yeah, um, we'll we'll talk about the, that a bit later. Um, yeah. Can you tell us about your Hokkaido trip in Sapporo, and you did eco tourism and Ainu tourism? Uh, yes, yeah, so I I moved uh, many places in Hokkaido. I went several times because it's a big island and it looks very different in winter and in summer. Um, one of the things people should really go see is uh, red crested um, 
trains uh, in Kushiro. Um, I think in Japan, we can really enjoy the seasons. That's a very good way to, to plan the trips. You don't really need to go to concerts and stuff like this. You, you have so much to enjoy on a natural basis. Um, Hokkaido is so big, you don't want really to, to go by train. So you will take a plane to go to the closest airport. And after you will just drive around. And it's very easy to find a, an electric car now. Um, the problem in Hokkaido... It's, is, it, it's a, is it possible to rent electric cars? Is that right? Yeah, oh, it's possible. Yeah. Great. Well, but m most of the shops all over Japan, I think uh, you, you can find electric cars, but it will be only, they will have only one car. And if you don't plan in advance, it may not be uh, available on site, maybe available at a different place. So you, know, you have to plan. And it's, it's more expensive, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, but the charging network, the charging infrastructure in Japan is really good. It's it's uh, it depends on places. So for Hokkaido, it's big distances. I'm, I don't think it's that good in Hokkaido. But mm -hmm. places like the Noto Peninsula, um, people probably know uh, Kanazawa, which is one of the destinations like famous for gold products. So Noto Peninsula uh, around that that place, uh, I think has more than forty. 40 different uh, charging stations. It's uh, there is a project I think was Toyota with the local government. They made sure that this was possible. And I went there with a car that was not an electric car um, because I didn't know that at that moment. I discovered that at the airport when I was seeing the thing, but we had already everything planned. And when I was driving around, I was just checking the the place and there were just chargers everywhere uh, the hotels too on the parking you could charge during the night so really no time spent um, if you go to Shimanami Kaido from island to island you also find places to charge um, the Goto Archipelago which is really really countryside probably most people don't know it unless they are Christians and they are focusing on pilgrimage um, all you can rent electric cars at very small shops, several ones, and, and you can charge everywhere. So, It looks fact, like you did a great uh, electric car trip. Michimo, Nissan. Yeah, so that was uh, near, people probably know Nara, which is uh, the mm -hmm. start of Buddhism. And uh, a bit south, you have Kashihara, which is uh, the first capital of Japan. So this is where we have the, the tomb of the first Japanese emperor, uh, Jimmu. And I think it was... Uh, tourism office that started to create a program where people could rent uh, an electric car. So I think it's a smaller uh, Nissan thing. Uh, you have only two two seats. So the driver and somebody behind. And if you have bags, <laughs> there is no space. So when I traveled uh, the first time, I didn't know that. I went back just to, to try it. And and I just put my bags behind. Um, probably there are new models, a bit safer, a bit bigger um, you are restricted in the distance you can go but basically you can visit all the tourist spots in the area uh, you can't go too fast but i mean in any case um, speed limitations in japan are what 40 or 50 most of the time kilometers per hour and uh, you can go everywhere and because the car is small you can just park very conveniently too it was um, a big surprise also I could get some entrance fees, like uh, I could enter for free some places because I was paying with uh, with the electric car. So it was a good uh, a good plan. I think there are many things that are possible all around Japan for that. Um, and the advantage is, I think many people will not want to travel in Japan by car because they can't read the kanji. It's uh, driving on the left. But in fact, when we have these kind of cars that are um, not that powerful. You don't have to worry too much about having an accident because you're not going to go too fast. 
And <laughs> well, the these Aria these little wow. cars are probably not very powerful, but I have a Tesla, and it is very powerful, and it's all electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, so it's not all that. electric cars, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 this is the one I tried. But uh, beyond that, yeah, the, the, the real electric cars are the hybrids. Um, of course, you can do whatever you want, mm -hmm. right? So if you're with a family, I, definitely. I heard that. there were these kind of um, schemes for renting these smaller electric cars around Mount Aso in Kumamoto and around Mount Fuji in Shizuoka. But they have stopped. They didn't continue. It was only a pilot. So I'm really glad to hear that they're trying this in Kashihara. I hope they continue. Uh, Kashihara, they even did it. In fact, uh, it was not just the city itself. There is Asuka, which is another ancient capital. It's a village a bit, uh, a bit nearby. Uh, they have another area. So you have this kind of two areas uh, where you can drive uh, with, with a car. Um, and it's, I think it fits very well the ambience. I mean, you're in the countryside, it's quiet, nobody's driving like crazy. You don't have the boss of the crew is there, like the big bags. <laughs> and you see the, you have time to see the flowers. You can stop anywhere. And, uh, it's a bit more convenient than cycling in some ways. Depends really what you want to do. Yeah. It kind of opens it up to people who maybe they want to travel quietly, but they, they don't have the energy to cycle. You know, I love cycling yeah. around as well, but some, you know, for whatever reason, maybe physically or because of time or energy, you don't have the ability to do that. But electric cars, what one of the things I was surprised about, which I love traveling by electric car, is it's so quiet. So yeah. you can, different from traveling in a gas car or a diesel car, you can hear the birds, you can hear everything. It's such a, a lovely way to enjoy natural areas so i, yeah, no, I, I really hope they expand the electric car rentals because it's a great way to see the countryside and we really want to encourage people to get out to the countryside now because it's possible to social distance and hopefully you know support the local economies as well right yeah, sure. And I think for public transportation, the government is pushing for hydrogen. So uh, many buses like this, probably no no hydrogen car. But uh, the problem we have in both cases is whether the electricity or the hydrogen is created in a sustainable way. And I think it's it's not the case in, in most places. So in the case of Noto Peninsula, I was talking about that more than 40 stations, they ensure the electricity is going from from solar or wind so you know you are doing like a, a fully green trip in that specific area i'm not sure about the other ones need to check um and i think now we have electric companies providing um is it shizen denki mm -hmm. right um for people who live in in japan they, they can make sure the electricity they get is uh from renewable sources so hopefully this will also just kind of extend to mm -hmm. this kind of businesses i think it's possible yeah. I, um, I know you mentioned Maimizu in your Japan yeah. travel, right? So we talked to Robin Lewis of Maimizu um, in Seeking Sustainability Live number 20. And uh, they've done such a great job at expanding the app network to find out where to refill. But also they are collaborating with the electricity sourcing company. Mm -hmm. So I just changed and now we have solar panels, but when we need to get power from the grid, it's 100% renewable because my local supplier has to pay 
them for the renewable energy. So that's a really nice option. Even yep, if you don't really have good. solar, right? You can yeah. choose to get sourced provided from renewable energy. I know here you mentioned some other renewable energy like solar arc, Yamakura Dam, Nissan, Opama yeah, plant. This is most like a, a long list of places I want to visit and okay. just need to find the time to, to go to all these places. I think um, people visiting Japan who are interested in renewable energy try to go to Kyushu and visit like a geothermal um, production center because it's it's a bit more unique to Japan mm -hmm. but um, you travel all around Japan and especially in places like Totori, uh, Hokkaido you will see your wind farms everywhere um, so we have a floating, sol um, floating solar production center I think it's in Shiba I'm not really sure uh, so there are many places to visit and I don't think any travel agency is really proposing that. So you might want to ask, uh, people might want to ask a travel agent if they can organize something, especially yeah. if they are a group of very But interested. industrial tourism is for seeing uh, efficient technology or renewable technology or industry. That's big business for tourism. And yep. a lot of people want to visit high-tech countries like Japan and yeah. learn about high-tech technology that they can adapt to their country and of course japan big industry like mitsubishi toyota nissan they export a lot of this infrastructure and technology as well so it, it becomes a tourism part of tourism business people want to see it i've never visited geothermal power plant i wonder if there's a lot you can see if you visit because everything happens underground right well um the work i'm doing as a as a consultant um, you have access to more things than a normal traveler, so um, you can always see stuff. It depends a bit on the places, and it depends also if you're a business person, because people coming like um, um, as researchers, as engineers, as uh, somebody who might just be uh, acquiring technology or acquiring products, you are you are given lots of explanations and, and access to to places too. Um, as a guide, I've been taking people a lot to factories. So I can't really give lots of names, but uh, what you see is really impressive. And uh, I agree with you. People want to see the high tech part of Japan, the normal people. Because I think people are like me when I came to Japan the first time. Either you are on the manga or anime part, so just put that aside. Or you just imagine Japan as being the place with the robots and all the high tech, like toilet seat uh, opening like this. And I think there is still that image. Plus, people studying business are studying like Kaizen methods, things like this. So they are very aware. And seeing a factory, seeing a production site, it's not just seeing what you can see. It's also seeing how things are organized, how people interact. It's just seeing this kind of checklist that are stuck on the walls, uh, the security part, and what they do with, uh, with the defects. Uh, I mean, um, defective stuff or like uh, the kind of waste that, that remains. Um, have you have you ever visited good. any of the indoor farms? There's a few indoor farms around Japan I'd like to visit. Um, in Nagasaki in House Temboj, they mm -hmm. have uh, a renewable energy plant which I wanted to visit but you have to reserve in advance. Maybe you can get some special treatment. Um, but also they do indoor farming down there and I heard in Tohoku they're also doing indoor farming and places in Tokyo. 
so they're doing like inside the building with special lights and everything so that's mm -hmm, really mm -hmm. interesting in terms of growing your own food self-sustainable food networks yeah no i've not visited any of these places but uh i know the, the use of space tends to be pretty getting more efficient in japan in the, you just go in the countryside you will see production of i don't know um tomatoes or whatever and you have solar panels on top of it right so um things are many things that are done in many different ways in japan and yeah indoor farming is just something that's on my my to see list when i have time right? yeah problem well, with japan is really the distances are really big so yeah. you need really to spend time and uh it's, it's mountainous and mm -hmm. the speed limits are low so you need to plan things out yeah if you're a tourist it's okay but if you have a job it's it's hard hard to get time and money to do that um let's talk a little bit about your recommendations in tokyo for eating vegan you have this really great um vegan option on the terrace uh Ah yes, um, I need to to check the, the name because I'm I'm forgetting the names. I'm, I've been spending too much time in uh, inside um, inside my home. Uh, yeah, there is the Leafful Table. I think the company is a is a huge company. It's a, it's a huge company. There is a headquarter in Osaka and in Tokyo, and it's mostly created for for the staff to to go eat and. Um, they have a vegan option every day as a reserve. It's not a, a, really an option. It's just one of the menus is is completely vegan. There is always something vegan unless you it's sold out. So I was trying to go before 1 p.m. Um, you they have also mentioned stuff. at the National Theater of Japan, there was a nice vegan option there. I Whenever I go to Tokyo, I feel spoiled because you have so much choice compared to other parts of Japan. Other parts of Japan, it's still hard to find vegan options. But in Tokyo, you have so many great all-vegan places. So vegans can eat very well. Like in Tokyo Station, you've got Tan Tan yes. Vegan Ramen. You get you... your sushi bento too. Sushi um, bento. Yeah. And uh, now think, uh... Most Burger has the vegan plant burger and you reviewed yes. that. Do yes. you want to tell uh, us your opinion of the plant burger? Okay, so the, the plant burger is called a green burger. And if, for one thing, it's green. So uh, maybe it's not visible on, on photos you, people would see because it depends on the light. Um, but the bread top and bottom uh, contain some some spinach. So it's, it's, it's green. Um, it's it's fully plant-based. Um, I think people knew Bones Burger already because they had some soy um uh, soy-based meat, but it was not really, really vegan. I think there was some um, some dairy or, or eggs in it. So they just started in, in May to have a fully vegan meal. And I think it's pretty good. People in America probably would feel the thing is way too small because yes, most burger is not famous for the size of the portions. Maybe you need to get two, but the taste is really pretty good. Um, the texture is fine. It's not like you're eating um, a, a beef um, no. burger, of yeah. course, right? It has its own taste, not in a bad way. It's just it has a, it's a very nice flavor. Mm -hmm. uh, I know some people have complained. It's, it's a bit uh, too... There is a bit too much air, so it's probably not not hard enough. I think it depends on the expectation of people. But um, as I told you, my lunch and dinners are not vegan yet. I'm flex, so my perspective is really from a flex person. So vegans, I believe, would find it wonderful. 
people who are used to meat would find it maybe not not hard enough or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But but uh, I think as because... as long as we're talking about accessibility and ease of yeah. travel for people who are plant based, now Moosburger, a national yeah. chain across Japan, has a fully vegan option, which is not a salad, which is not just a dessert, right? It's a main dish, so it's a little expensive. It's a little small, but man, it's available. <laughs> it's, it's so, even yeah, more than that, in fact, because uh, so yeah, it's it's a national chain, so you can find that in in most big places. But there are two additional things. One is, of course, it's also takeout, so you can just buy and eat a bit later. And um, I can tell you, it's okay when it's a bit cold. So if you want to just buy something and then eat later, it's fine. You don't have to, to plan to go to Moss Burger at that specific time. And the other thing is um, some of the shops are open really late. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in Fukuoka to take a, to take a boat and I checked when a Moss Burger was closing near one of the stations and it was 3 a.m. So nowadays wow. with the coronavirus, they had different time. It, they closed at 9 p.m. in fact. Yeah. So I arrived really uh, That's just on great. time. But, um, and, and in terms of sustainability, I think Moss Burger is one of the more sustainable chains because see, they're yeah. very transparent on every menu board in the front of every shop. They say, today our onions come from Hokkaido and our lettuce comes from Miyazaki. And they're very clear about sourcing the vegetables from local producers. Yep. And yep, yep. you won't, is, you won't find that. This is what that. they started at the beginning. Yeah. So they focused from the, when the company was created, they wanted to have good taste. Of course, was one. I think the other thing was uh, to have something healthy. So uh, even if it was with, with meat and, and fish and whatever, right, uh, healthy globally. And the third thing was, was to use really, um, I'm not sure I can say local product, but let's say domestic production at least. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure if they take the, the closest producers. Well, compared to other fast food chains, you know, who... They're the best probably. I, I've had yeah. students over the years that work for the biggest fast food chains and they say everything is imported. You know, everything comes frozen and is just warmed up. So most burger is more expensive, but it is really supporting the local agriculture and local economy a lot more. Um, yeah. Also, in I'm, terms I'm not of... sure I would say it's, it's very, it's not really expensive, right? I mean, people might people imagine complain. it's really much, much, much. Yeah, just people make complain. Above slightly, for example. A little like, bit, yeah. Like, but it's not like a... But also, if you eat in most burger, I know most people doing takeout now, but if you eat in most burger, they have also reusable containers, reusable basket, reusable cups, which no other fast food place is doing, right? And even if you do takeout, it's usually in a paper bag. So it's not as much plastic as if you're at another fast food chain, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's not, not much plastic. A bit that's, better. That's really, yeah. Do you know Coco's Ichibana? That's another good choice nationally. They have yes. vegan soup, vegan curry, uh, vegan vegetarian halal as well. So in terms of national chains... Coco's Ichibana is another great choice, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure most uh, halal stuff is all over Japan. Maybe no, selective few, shops, but I yeah. think the vegan stuff is, is all over Japan now. The taste is okay. Um, for people who like more dry curry, like me, it feels a bit too liquid, but that's really <laughs> a personal taste. And yeah. in any case, you find what you want. And they also sell um, just a thing to take out to, uh, to cook at your home uh, if you want. I've done that once. Mm. Um, you also reviewed um, in Tokyo the pink cow. Uh, 
you said is a yep. good place for burritos. Yep. It's very, very good. I think there were two, and maybe now there is only one. I went to the one in Ropongi, and there is the other one in Akasaka, I think. Not really sure about the exact location, but in yeah, that area. Yeah, I've, I've been there as well. Very good. And then you went to the Tokyo Vegan Yoga Festival. Uh, this one is in Yokohama. I went to a few few festivals. Probably you just saw my video on YouTube. And this is in Yokohama. It's a, I think it's basically two festivals that take place at the same time. So there is a yoga thing and there is a vegan thing. And because they do it together, just changing the name, it's really cool because you have all these people and um, you also have an area of doing yoga. You have an area for people to do yoga with their dogs. So there is this kind of small kind of fenced area. And you see people with it's small dogs in Japan, right? And you have all the shops, uh, like the food trucks, and you have um, some advertising for cooking lessons. They don't do it on site. Uh, you can also buy products, things like this. And there, are, there is at least oh, there are several big vegan festivals in Tokyo. Uh, some of the shops are coming from um, all over the place. I mean, all over Japan. Um, for people who live in Nagoya, the same thing is organized in Tokyo. I think Tokyo, Nagoya. Not really sure if it's Fukuoka or Kyoto in mm -hmm. many places. Yeah, we went to a vegan festival last year in Fukuoka. Um, so I know they are happening around the country. Um, but it's so nice to see yoga and vegan festival together. I, I love that combination. Yeah, I think many people are happy with that. And it's it's a good ambience because if you just do a vegan festival, it looks like you're just coming to um just eat something and you don't have a very good reason to stay unless just queuing to buy vegan cheese from from england for example um because some of the <laughs> stuff comes from abroad right yeah um so i would like you know in a way i would i would really like to have vegan festivals not be vegan festivals i would like festivals to be vegan mm -hmm. so with many other things to enjoy on site yeah um, for sure i went to a very disappointing Lojas Festival, which is Lojas is supposed to be yep. more environmentally friendly and everything. And they had lots of food trucks, but all of them were meat. There was not one option, not one that was yeah, plant-based. But this is a huge problem for environmentalism, for reducing our climate change impact, is reducing our meat consumption. That's a major part of sustainability and so I, mm. I had to talk to the organizers and say you have to at least have one option you, know, <laughs> you can't have all meat I know they're yeah. they're trying to balance what is the demand of the customer and what's yeah, going to attract this is where there's a change in fact because uh, two of the I think the two biggest meat companies um, it's like Nippon Ham and there is another one uh, I've started to to make plant-based meat. Uh, I think this is news from from May too. Uh, one is doing a fully plant-based uh, meat product, and the other one is more like making a mix or reducing the amount of meat and and putting uh, plants in it. Um, and I think Japanese are extremely good with technology, and maybe they're not the best inventors but they are very, very good at improving and testing and improving and everything. So I think these companies are going to do great just creating very nice textures, uh, whether it's based on soy or other things, and to create very, very good taste. Um, well, to look at the market around the world, the plant-based meat, like the meat alternatives, Beyond Meat, and those kind of companies are booming. 
That of course,、yeah. it's a good time to create a Japanese version. That's a wonderful idea, because think, and people.、Uh, there is uni too.、Um, not really sure how is uni in、uh, wow. sea urchin, right?、Uh-huh. Um, vegan sea urchin. Um, Interesting. And apparently, people don't really make the difference between the real thing or not. I suppose normal people, I mean, standard people, right? I suppose specialists would notice. But so we we have stuff like this coming.、Uh, I mean, at the vegan the- festival, you tried the vegan sushi. Tell us about it. They were really good. So it just looks like if you don't really pay too much attention, it it just looks like normal sushi for one thing. Um, I think you would have on top something like、uh, instead of squid, you get like coconut. Instead of、um, salmon tuna, you would get some kind of red, white ginger.、Um, can be eggplant on top.、Um, if it's made with small kind of small eggs, how is this thing called? It's a yama something. It's something from the mountains. Just don't remember the name now. And the taste is extremely good.、Uh, it's it's a bit different. You will notice it. It's not salmon. It's not tuna. But it's it's extremely good. And the advantage in summer is that you have less chances to have、uh, food poisoning if you wait. So you can just really move around and eat at a different place. But if you were eating fish sushi, you would have to be much more careful too. And、uh, I've been helping organize a few years ago an international conference in Tokyo. And we had ordered、um, this kind of、uh, sushi, vegan sushi for、uh, Indian people and and other、uh, attendees, and the thing was so popular. People were just wanted curious, were curious, wanted to try, and people really like it.、Um, mm. Was very very successful. That's really exciting and something you don't see yet in Japan. But of course, this is Japan. People want to eat sushi, even if they're vegan, they want to try. So this would be a great alternative to open the market to everybody. That's、yep. that's one of the things I've heard you say before: is if you have vegan options, everybody can eat it. You know? Yep. <laughs> Right, and that's、yeah. that's what I often say too. Is it's a no-brainer. Meat eaters can eat it. Fish eaters can eat it. Vegans can eat it. You know,、so、people halal can, can eat it. Eat most yeah, most of the things we need to check、uh, the details. People with allergies get also much easier. So it's easier for kids too.、Um, So yeah, it's it's really everybody can eat it, right?、Yeah. And in in some cases, people will just find the stuff like. Extraordinary.、It、really depends where you go. I think we have vegan restaurants. Some of them are just expensive and not so good. So they make vegans happy because they exist, but not other people. But in other places, you just get like incredible food and、mm-hmm. can be just beautiful and tasty. The only thing we miss in Japan, I think, is the smell, right? Because Japanese people don't create food with smell.、Oh. So it's just、um, if you go to France or, or Korea, you would have the smell on top of it. But、um, I love the, the, the subtle,、well. the light smell. I love like the shiso, the smell of shiso. The, I'm more into sancho. Right, that yeah, you have, yeah, yeah. you have、Shitsu、very mild、like、smells with Japanese food, and I, I really love that. The smell of、yeah. miso. Oh. But maybe it's because, like me, you have been here for a long time. So、yes. I've been here fifteen years, right?、Maybe. And we we got used also to a <laughs> lighter taste. I、That's、remember、true. when I came to Japan and I had real sushi.、Um, yeah. I couldn't really make the difference. I felt like it it was not not tasty at all. It took me a few years, and now I I can make the difference. But、uh, for vegan food, I think in a way vegan food can be a bit more like、uh, a bit. 
taste here in some ways because the vegetables we have in Japan are so high quality and people pay so much attention to just selecting good products and good producers. So, yeah, the yeah. most typical vegan food in Japan is, of course, shojin yori, which you have reviewed a few times around the yep. country. I think shojin yori is particularly bland. It's very healthy. But usually there's not a lot of flavor, but that's on purpose. It's part of the I don't know, uh, cleanse well, yeah. or something, so, right? Vegan, uh, yeah, uh, vegan, there are many things in vegan, right? So vegan is basically no animal product. So that's, that's the easy definition. But um, there is um, Asian vegan. And that would be without uh, onions, without uh, garlic. garlic. Mm -hmm. uh, things like this. So things that could give some additional taste. And uh, Shoujin Yori, I think, is following that pattern. So mm -hmm. it's a bit bland. Um, right. If if you're really in the mountains and they just go get the the mushrooms, the bamboo uh, nearby, you can have stuff that's so, so tasty. It's also because it's very fresh, just um, uh, local product. And I've had some very very good miso soup i think mm. oh, it's, <laughs> but this is this is, this it's is wonderful kind of everywhere, yeah right? but Even you you vegan. have to be kind of a used to japanese food and japanese flavors to really enjoy shojin roti i think it's it's a bit of a high hurdle for people who come from abroad and have a lot of very flavorful vegan food and then to try shojin roti i think uh. often i hear people say ah oh, it's just so bland right there's no flavor uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about your trip to Dewa Sanzan. Yeah, okay. Yeah? Um, Dewa Sanzan is, is just, uh, basically, it's a, Sanzan is a three mountain. So that's the three mounts of, of Dewa. It's, uh, it's a very famous holy place. And the three mountains represent the past, present, and future. I think it's called Gassan, Haguro, and Yudono. And people would do a pilgrimage there. That's one of the pilgrimage parts. Uh, that's uh, in Yamagata. It's a bit north of it's it's north of, of Tokyo, and it's it's just a great area. You don't have that many people going there, or they stay a very short time. So if you spend enough time, you just people disappear basically. Um, the different areas have a completely different feeling. What I really liked in Gasan it depends on the season, but uh, it was lots of flowers on the mountain. Um, Haguro is famous for its pagoda, for example. Yudono is famous for the, the hot springs. So you will not find many photos because it's it's forbidden to take photos of the hot springs. But the hot springs are really part inside the the, the holy site. And is this um, where you had the private room, the private onsen room? Oh, no. um, not, 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 not in private. this one, but mm -hmm. I mean, you can get like private rooms for hot springs really, really everywhere in Japan. You just know how to, to ask for it. Mm -hmm. uh, and the good thing with Dewa Sanzan is because it's for pilgrims, you have most of the inns that will provide uh, meals that are uh, completely vegan. And they look really, really good. Um, very good uh, tofu, probably very different from what people would get in Osaka, oh, Hiroshima. I love or good tofu, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, you just get things to 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 to, to take with you uh, on the way. It's it's super relaxing. You have very few, you had already very few people with all the coronavirus thing, and the good thing is you it it takes time, so you can just really take the time to enjoy instead of running from one place to another one. 
And I've been trying to motivate people to not travel to Japan, but to come live in Japan. Because I've met people who have come to Japan 12 times already. And I told them, man, just stop flying. That's just terrible for the environment. Come for six months, three months, six months, one year, and just take the time to meet the, the locals, um, to just go to, to all the events you can go to. Because if you have a big time like this, you can just choose your destinations based on that and, and explore a lot and maybe take a car to go really in the countryside and get lost. And it's fine to get lost. I'm always impressed by European travelers. And I think this might be the future of travel to anywhere, including Japan, is really taking time to travel. Well, so I'm French, so you six know, we weeks, have, I think, uh, right? the average uh, traveler in Japan is spending more than 21 nights. Yeah. I mean, let's say one, one or two years ago, right? 21 nights mean uh, average. So that means some people probably just stay for 10 days and some people stay for two months. Right. So I've yeah, met well. so many French travelers, German travelers, um, travelers from all parts of Europe who travel in Japan for two months one month or two months and they take their time and they stay in different areas longer and i think in terms of the future of travel all over the world but including japan this has to be the norm because uh travel by airplane is going to be so much more expensive and so much more difficult to do that you have to invest in your travel which is a good thing because you're not going to get the travelers who are just like, okay, saw that, check, let's go next place. All right, saw it, check, took a photo, right? Mm -mm. Which is not good for local areas um, to have but that I kind of also quick maybe traveler. people will have the opportunity now to just be working. So right. when you, people were taking maybe two months holidays, that was really holidays, but they could just spend two months in Japan or three months in Japan and just work specific days. So um, you can... You can just work remote. Most people, many people now can work remote and the companies are used to that. And in Japan, you can just find a good connection. Everybody has a laptop to move around. You just have the probably time difference, which will be a, an issue. And just going around like this, you can just really go in the countryside and, and see Japan has very beautiful uh, national parks and you need to, to spend time. Some things you want to, to do is, for example, see the flying squirrels, um, but you need to, to be there at night. Maybe it's not every day, so it's better to spend two or three nights in the area to make sure you can see that and just do other things um, during that time can be a mix of walking, hiking, cycling, uh, doing sub, canoeing, kayaking. Um, I think some people also do like um, jump from planes and do paragliding or do paragliding or uh, many things. I've not done these ones. I'm a bit scared of, of heights. So, but, and, uh, but the adventure sports, oh, like uh, zip lining around Mount Fuji. Uh, yeah, I've, I've done that. Have I've you? Oh. Yeah, I've done that near Mount Fuji. In fact, I was uh, accompanying a group of um, professionals. And I would probably not have gone by myself because I was not thinking it would be so interesting. It's really, really good. Um, and Was it expensive? That. How much did it cost? I really don't remember. No. I okay. think... Uh, if it was some, something like around 5,000 or 6,000 yen, that's so that right. would be like, let's say $50. But it looked how amazing. You spend outside, it's, yeah. hour, it's not huge, right? And, and you have a view of Mount Fuji as you're ziplining down? 
Uh, this one, no, but there are several uh, spots. Uh, so maybe if you choose another one, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. But uh, for during lunch, we could see Mount Fuji. You can go on the lakes after for a cruise and, and see Mount Fuji. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, even... I don't think I want, I would like to, to see Mount Fuji while I'm ziplining because I would just like end up uh, a bit dangerous. <laughs> yeah, maybe too distracting. Um, we have ziplining in the Hiroshima area too, but in the forest. So you're ziplining tree to tree and yep. walking and that's really fun. And you go up and down with the nets and, yeah. and stuff like this. So oh, that's really cool. All over Japan in different rural areas, I think there is more adventure sports. There's more kayaking. I talked to uh, Dave Enright from Nagano yep. in Hakuba. Yeah. He does a lot of adventure sports there in Hakuba in summer and winter. So I think um, there is a lot of great options outdoors where you can still do social distance. You can still um, see beautiful places, but... I think this is probably reality of post-COVID travel. You, yeah. You um, have to be outdoors, I think. Yeah, I would expect, uh, I think already people traveling to Japan, uh, many people are repeaters now. I've already come quite a few times, so they don't need to go again. To They don't need to. They've seen the, the main spots in Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka. So they are more likely to go to, to other places. Maybe they will feel more confident about their having a car and um, I would expect more people to try to go off the beaten path, definitely. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sure how travel agencies will handle that because many have just created create products and just sell the same thing to people because it takes so much time to recreate products. Right. Yeah. But um, that's probably not going to work that much. And I think you were talking about my Mise, so for people just doing their own trip, it's just so helpful mm -hmm. to have these kind of applications because you just find local resources with that. Like, like yeah. Just, yeah but, um, and like renting um, mountain huts or renting your own onsen bath, you know, those kinds of things maybe is more possible, is more attractive in the future because you, you don't really want to be in closed spaces with lots of other people, right? But That's you, true. It can be really, really cheap. I think I did that in uh, in Nagano a few years ago around Christmas time. So I could go um, just uh, cook inside. You can have the, your cooking space even in this place, right? So you just go with uh, to a supermarket first. Mm -hmm. And you go to your own hot spring or you go to a hot spring nearby. But if there are not too many people, you're just alone. And in my case, I was just you know, everywhere and I could just like enjoy the, the mountains and and I think this is this is really good, and people can do that in any season, right? Mm -hmm. We have the autumn leaves, we have the flower season. Just summer is probably not what I would recommend, but in mountains, it's like much yeah. better. Yeah, so. go to the mountains in summer. Let's talk about dinosaurs in Fukui for a couple minutes. Ah, yeah. <laughs> this is, I mean, uh, Fukui has uh, probably one of the top three um, museum. For, for dinosaurs, uh, you have statues on the streets, uh, in front of the, you have, I think I, it was animated in front of the, um, the main station of Fukui. And inside the museum, you have like huge spaces. Some of the stuff is robots that move. Uh, you have like reconstitutions of dinosaurs that are beautiful, like real scale. And you have unique dinosaurs because uh, some of them are even called like uh, Fukui Raptor, things like this. Um, so for people who really like it, it's nice. And there are um, different rocks, I mean, gems, things like this, um, stuff for the kids. 
it's it's a very very good place. And you really you were it. driving a car. You would recommend renting a car and driving around. You don't really have a choice. I yeah. think you can you can go by trains and take a bus or something like this. But some areas of Japan, you just should should rent a car and it's, and just. It's move easier in these. rural areas, isn't it? Um, yeah, especially instead of taking the bus, because when there is a traffic jam or the weather is not so good, you completely lose control of the situation and you might just be blocked for two hours instead of going to a different place, for example. Mm -hmm. Now, we've got five more minutes and mm. I found this video that you did for Get Japan, where you talked about your ah. top five tips to prepare for a trip to Japan. Do you have like your, your basically your top five was prepare, right? Do you, yeah. do you have top five tips for us now after COVID? Is it changed a little bit? Is it about the same? Uh, no, it would, it would be different. For one thing, I would tell people just to come live in Japan instead of just <laughs> preparing to come to Japan. Just come live to, to Japan. I think all the events are out now. So if you really want to, to enjoy uh, festivals, just uh, probably virtual tours would work much better. Mm -hmm. um, I think there are very good documentaries too people can enjoy before coming to Japan. My top advice, um, just try the vegan food, especially if you're in Kansai, but also all the new stuff to... Um, to help support the initiative, for example, Moss Burger, I hope they will do lots of sales and they will get more products and their competitors will kind of kind of copy them. Mm -hmm. So you want to, to promote these kind of things. Um, Are there... I think you want to, to, to drive a car, just, mm -hmm. just go in the countryside. Yeah, I, I would suggest definitely planning ahead, planning to spend longer in Japan. Yeah. Um, don't do any rush trips. If you wanted to visit somewhere that's going to be busy, even like a shrine or something in, in Kyoto, even though it's outdoors, it's going to be busy because it's very popular. Any popular place, I would recommend going right when they open or one hour before they close. Don't go in the middle of the day. I mean, those kind of basic advice for avoiding crowds, right? I think uh, maybe people can look online the advice for photographers. Yeah. And that gives them a good a good hint about when to go to places. Like the shrines tend to be open all the time. You just can't buy your um, Lucky Charms, for example, um, if you go too early. But you can still see most of the things, and the light can be really good. Mm -hmm. I think we have like um, sunlight sun, sunlight already at around 4:30 nowadays. Yeah, right? it depends on I, if you're east or west. I've like, been uh, seeing a lot of uh, recommendations to go around center Tokyo in 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. so that you can get the best pictures of like Shibuya yeah, Crossing yeah. or the, the busy places, but you don't have the crowds. And that's good advice. I think for yeah. any city, that's good advice, right? And one additional maybe advice would be to look online to see if you can find some activities where you can just um, do uh, control drones so you can see Japan controlling really what you see in a completely different ah, way and maybe get some of the footage um, as part of your memory, something you, people take photos and, and use their iPhones and stuff, but having drone stuff, 
people don't, that can be kind of unique. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when we talked to Dave in Osaka, he um, sent, he did a drone tour around the tea fields in, mm -hmm. I think, Shizuoka. And then in uh, Seeking Sustainability Live number three, we talked to some photographers and Chris Moore is doing I a lot, him, yeah. a lot really of job. drone yeah. videos. So there is some beautiful drone footage that you can watch. But I think Hopefully, maybe an idea for tourism to have like drone rentals in a rural area and people can try it and see the area from above. It's a different, interesting it's, it's vantage point. It's not just point. rental, in fact, because if you are um, a new user, it's, it's impossible just to do rental. Yeah. So you would have maybe a, a kind of class, like you can have like this kind of photo safari in Tokyo mm -hmm. or Osaka. You would, have, you would go to a specific area. You would have somebody who can just teach you uh, how to use the thing can you let you go through and would also know the law where you can go uh, things like yeah. this and it's... you would have a different product for people who can uh, already control drones but i think for insurance purpose most of the times i will need to be uh, the equivalent of a guide basically mm -hmm. with you yeah there's a lot of uh, paperwork i think and you have to register and know the right area so maybe yep. in the future we'll see more people giving explanations how to do drone or please try the drone like you said training activities uh tomomi harada thank you for your comment she says thank you for sharing our japan i really enjoyed it thank you tomomi and thank you so much sebastian if you want to learn more about sebastian's wonderful ideas about how to travel please find him on japan travel as well as sebastianduval.com you have a your blog and lots of yeah people can find me on on linkedin too uh mm -hmm. if they want to have a career in japan maybe as a guide or something like yeah, this get but in touch. And i give twitter. advice to vegans yeah. mm -hmm. twitter facebook uh, sebastianduval.com or japan travel you can find a lot of your great work and uh good luck with everything you're doing thank you so much sebastian Thanks. It was a really good uh, good moment with you, and I'm happy I uh, could share so much. Yeah. I think there's a lot of frustrations going forward in tourism, but I think with people like you being positive and trying to encourage local areas, I think there's a lot of good things we can do. So thank you very much for all of your hard work. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a nice weekend.